We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to another edition of Refuge Freedom Stories. Your host today, I'm Sean McKenzie. So pleased to have you tuned in. Whether you're listening on the radio or on our podcast, thank you very much for being part of Refuge Freedom Stories. And I've got a great interview lined up for you today. Now, I love this lady's introduction on her bio. It says, she's a newbie homesteader who loves to explore traditional ways of homesteading, and her and her husband also have a home church. And the other thing I really like is she shares something in common with me is that love for photography and just different little things, how we can see the world around us. So our guest today is Virginia Jones. She's the host and creator of A Vintage Lady. And Virginia, thank you very much for joining us here today. Thank you so much for having me. One of the things we always like to talk about, of course, and we believe that God is at work in everyone's life, whether they believe so or not. And so let's talk a little bit about that journey of faith for you, what that kind of looked like. I know, yes, you're leading a home church, but what was the journey that brought you to a relationship with the Lord? Well, I, I'd like to say I came to the Lord around the age of 15, but I feel like God was working with me even at a younger age. I was raised in an abusive family, so my parents divorced when I was around 11 years old. And I think God was starting to work with me around that age. It wasn't until 15 that I came to know the Lord and I was born again and just began to grow in the Lord. And then I started in ministry. I was in Sunday school, youth ministry. I met my husband actually in church at a senior camp, actually the first time. There you go. And yeah, the best place, right? (laughs) And so we later did, you know, different marriage things and jail ministry and Sunday school. And now we're doing home Bible studies in our home. And we've been doing that for goodness, probably over 20 years. Wow. Yeah. You're not new to this in in any way, shape or form. No, no. No. Now I do want to touch on something because we call the show uh, Refuge Freedom Stories. And we deal with two different things. We deal with people who've come out of situations that may not have been ideal. And you kind of touched Mm -hmm. on it in your little bit there. But, you know, coming out of an abusive family, that's not something that's easy to talk about, but it's also not something easy to live as well. 
Can you give some encouragement to somebody who may be struggling in that area right now? Okay. My situation was that I was raised by my mother pretty much. My dad was in the Navy, so he, you know, he was gone most of the time. And I grew up in some physical abuse, but most of it was mental. And I really do believe that when I came to the Lord and I gave my heart to him, you know, that is when the healing started taking place. And I really do believe that no matter how hard or, you know, how much you struggle in an abusive situation, God is always going to be there for you. He was there for me even before I understood that he was actually there. And it wasn't until several years later in my walk with the Lord that I came to finally understand God as father because my dad was absent. And, you know, so I figured, okay, well, God is absent. (laughs) But, you know, I came to understand he actually wasn't. He was actually there with me the whole entire time that I was struggling with things. And my mom did come to know the Lord. Some things changed. Some things didn't, though. And, you know, if we're going to grow in the Lord, we really have to surrender our hearts to God. And we have to allow him to do a work in our heart. You know, total surrender is the best option because he's able to mold us and shape us in the way that, you know, he sees that we need to be. And, you know, even though my mom, you know, was a Christian, there was still a lot of mental abuse there, but it was really my faith in the Lord. And it was my husband helping me. It was other family members on his side. My family really wasn't (laughs) help, unfortunately, but with the help of my husband and his family and, you know, a couple of other people that were in my fellowship that understood what was going on. That's what really brought me through. And so you do need, you know, first of all, your faith in Christ that definitely is going to help you. Second of all, you know, really having people who you can confide in, who you can really lean upon during those times when it's really hard. And there isn't anything that we can't get through. You know, with Christ, we can get through anything. And he's there, you know, like I said, even before we understand it, he's there. The beautiful thing that I read in your bio, and this just follows up on what you said, is how you were able to gain confidence thanks to your husband through the Lord Mm -hmm. and others, and that determination to never give up. Because sometimes when we face those obstacles in the road, sometimes it's just easy just to say, I'm done. I I can't Mm -hmm. move forward anymore. Talk to me a little bit about that, because when you go through an abusive situation, which we know many have, confidence is shattered and it takes a long while to build it back. Right. And that was one of my biggest things, because when my dad left, he left knowing how my mom was. And that's what really hurt the most. And unfortunately, a lot of people say that time heals. Well, not always, <laughs> you know, and I'm not trying to be discouraging. But even years later, my dad, he lives in Idaho. So I'm from Maine. And I don't see my dad very often. My dad is not a Christian, which makes that even harder. And, you know, I did feel like giving up. I mean, there were a couple of times when I wanted to die. I attempted suicide a couple of times, but there was just something there. And I do now believe it was the Lord that was saying, you know, you can get through this. You can do this. Once I first of all realized that God was my father and that he was there for me, that gave me confidence. And one of the things 
that I was told pretty much most of my life growing up was that I wasn't worth anything. Nobody would love me, that I didn't matter. When I came to finally see that I was fearfully and wonderfully made, that I was God's creation, that in itself gave me confidence and knowing that God doesn't change. He's not going to walk away from you. He's not going to abandon you. He is solid. He is constant. He's there no matter what. And those two things, I think, really built my confidence and built my faith in him. And it shows through with what you've been able to accomplish through him. Another line that I loved reading your bio says, help people to stand for what you believe in and live with gratitude. Can you unpack that a little for me? What you mean by believe, stand up for what you believe in and living with gratitude? Because sometimes we don't always have that attitude of gratitude. Right. And I definitely, you know, try to inspire people to get into the word of God and not be afraid to stand for what we believe, not be afraid to stand for the word of God. God said, you know, if we're not ashamed of him, he's not going to be ashamed of us. If we're willing to you know, speak the truth that God is going to back us up, he's going to hold us up in times when we're doubting ourselves, And, you know, because even though you become a Christian, it doesn't mean that you're not going to make mistakes. It doesn't mean you're not going to fall. But we know that we have a God who, when we fall, he's going to pick us back up again. And one of the things that I try to do every day because of my background, because of me feeling like I wanted to take my own life, feel, I, you know, I felt like life wasn't worth living. Every day I try to thank God that I got to wake up this morning. And every day I just try to see the good. Now, do I always reach that goal of seeing good in every day? No. There's some days when I'm grumbling and complaining, but overall I do try to see the good in things. And I try to be an inspiration to people. I try to really build up people that are around me and, you know, try to encourage them in the Lord, no matter what their obstacle you know, God said nothing's impossible. And we really need to put our trust in that. And he's proven it over and over to me that nothing is impossible. That's so very true. When we put our faith and trust in him, I want to go to this line about being a newbie homesteader. And, and <laughs> you also talk about waking up each morning with God's grace and making memories with family, which is so, so important. So what led to this desire to become the homesteader that you are? Well, <laughs> I always enjoyed the uh, Little House on the Prairie series. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And along, you know, the lines of everything that's going on in our world today, I really wanted to try to slow down and just live a more simple life. And I'm my goal with that is to really eat whatever we're growing and to make it, you know, a healthier lifestyle. And so, you know, I want to just get back to a simpler time. And, you know, that's why I titled my podcast, A Vintage Lady, because I just love the, the simpler ways of life, the things that they used to do back then. And, you know, you talked about making memories of family and to acknowledge the importance of family and just making those memories. It's not about the gifts that we might buy or, you know, the, the festivities and the food and all that, but it's about connecting with your family, connecting with other people. And we have a tradition that we try to do. We 
we haven't always done it every year, but we try to invite someone to Thanksgiving and Christmas who doesn't have a family, who doesn't have anyone that they're celebrating with, who might be home on the holiday. And, you know, it's those simple things that we really make an impact with in people's lives. It seems like something so little, but can mean the world to somebody. I know with Mm -hmm. my group in Halifax, we did a, a tradition. I ran a Celebrate Recovery there for many years. And we would invite people to just come because we knew they didn't have family. Mm-hmm. And just to see that excitement for sharing a meal together, something as simple as sharing a meal together right. can warm people's hearts, especially those who've gone through, let's just put it this way, they've gone through some rough patches of life. And, mm-hmm. and to be able to share a meal with somebody, there's something genuine about that. Right. Right. I do want to touch on the fact that you love photography being one of your favorite hobbies because in the line you say, it gives you a chance to see the world from a different angle. It certainly is true because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm someone who likes to take a lot of photographs and people go, you got such a great eye. It's like, well, no, I don't have a great eye. I think God directs me to the things, but photography for me is something that just helps me to sometimes just unravel my day. Talk about your interest in photography and what drew you to it. Well, my desire for photography actually stemmed from my oldest daughter. She's also into photography. And when I got done homeschooling our two daughters, my husband and I homeschooled them all the way through high school. And it was kind of like an empty nest. I still have my youngest daughter living at home, but she's working all the time, busy and stuff. So I had a lot of time on my hands. And so I really wanted to do something. So when she got into photography, I, you know, I, I really thought, you know, that's something I could probably get into. And I, I do love taking pictures and stuff. So my specialty, though, is black and white photography. Oh, And I feel like that with that, you kind of have to use your imagination a little bit more in that style of photography. Mm-hmm. And I try to think outside the box in a way when I take pictures. And like, for example, I take a lot of pictures right in my own backyard. And so a couple summers ago, there were some mushrooms that were living under a pine tree in our backyard. And so I I got right on the ground and I took the photo from underneath the mushroom. And it's an angle that a lot of people don't see. It's something that they might not consider. So, you know, I kind of like to do stuff like that with my photography. So if I'm not mistaken, that's just one of the many hobbies, but you talked about it as well, but you and your husband have this home church that you've been part Mm -hmm. of and sharing the love and sharing the word of God within community with a group of friends is something Mm -hmm. that certainly can help people move forward in their lives. Uh, right. let's, let's talk a little bit about that. What does that look like in your context? Well, we started that, goodness, I would say at least 20 years ago, probably. Mm -hmm. And we just kind of wanted to come out of organized religion. Basically, we felt like we were just kind of going through the routine, not really digging deeper. We wanted to get deeper into the Word of God. And so, you know, we'll have worship time and we have a gentleman who comes and plays the guitar and my brother-in-law actually plays the piano. And so, you know, we have two dogs, we have two cats. So, you know, it's not this real fancy church service, you know, Mm -hmm. we live out in the country and, you know, we just gather together and we worship and we're studying the word of God just line by line, precept by precept. And, you know, for instance, it took us several weeks to get through 
the book of Romans or, you know, we're, we're doing the book of Corinthians now, and it's taken us several weeks to get through that. But, you know, we think what better book is there to study than the word of God? And then, you know, we just have a meal afterwards that we just get together and have fellowship. And we think those two things are really important, getting into the word and having fellowship amongst each other. And, you know, it's just pretty much laid back Bible study group, but we really do enjoy the word of God on a deeper level. So one of the things with our podcast, we want to encourage people that, you know, where you are in life right now is not necessarily where you're going to end up. Talk a little bit about that, because of course, you could have given up many years ago, you could have just resigned yourself to the fact, well, this is my lot in life. Let's talk a little bit about that and how we have to find that within ourselves who find that freedom that only can come through God. Right. And that's a good point, because I feel like that without God's help, I would not be where I'm at today. I probably would be dead, most likely. But recognizing that, you know, it was God helping me through that. And, you know, there were times when, you know, like I've stated, I, you know, I did want to give up and I didn't want to be continuing to live this way. Um, I didn't want to continue to feel like, you know, I wasn't going to be loved and I, I didn't matter to anybody. But there was just something in me that just wanted to fight and say, no, you know, this can't be all there is. You know, it can't be the way I'm going to end up. And, you know, when I came to the Lord, I just gave my all to him. And so where you are right now, you know, it's dark and there are days when you're really going to struggle through things and you're just going to feel like that nobody cares, but there is somebody out there who cares. There's somebody out there who's praying for you. And I really do feel like that there were people that were praying for me. And, you know, when I got married and my husband, and I have two daughters, I really decided early on that this was not going to be something I was going to carry on into my children's lives. And with divorce, and I know there are so many people out there that whether you're the parents who are getting divorced or the children who are, you know, struggling through it, Unfortunately, it carries on through generations, but I made that determination with God's help that I was not going to allow that. And that's where you really have to grow, I guess, is making that determination that this is not what I want to be. This is not who I'm going to stay. And with God's help, you can make a difference. You can change. You can say, you know, look, the buck stops here. It's not going to continue on into my family's life with this thing. That's so beautifully said. So beautifully said. In our last couple of minutes, I want to touch on something that you've done in your past and something that I currently do and our ministry currently does, which is we work with people who have been incarcerated. We go visit people that are incarcerated. But we also work with people who are, you know, outside, you know, once they come out, they don't have a lot of mm -hmm. support. What was your experience with prison ministry? What could you share to those who are first inside right now and those who are coming out? What pearls of advice could you offer them? Well, my husband and I, and he did most of it. I mean, I did some, but we started out in that pretty early in our marriage. 
we went to a pre-release center. So in that, people were allowed to go out on work releases and stuff like that. And so we would come and we'd do some music and my husband would preach. We also did a nursing home ministry too. And that's the other thing that's not enough of. But in the jail ministry, he would help people when it was time for them to come out to find jobs. He would help them to find a local church where they could have some growth. And he did go into a county jail, which is in Augusta, Maine. And they were the first ones to bring baptism into the county jail. And so he was able to do, I don't know how many, I mean, it was probably a hundred baptisms right there in the jail. And so it is important to work with them in the jail. And then when they're outside, because a lot of inmates within six months time, they say they will end up being back in the jail system. So they really do need that support. And, you know, if you are in a situation where you're incarcerated, you'll really look for a ministry in there that's going to help you to build your faith and then, you know, try to connect with, you know, a truth, you know, a Bible preaching church that you can grow in your faith and you can, because when you surround yourself with people that are walking with the Lord, it's a lot easier to walk away from what put you in jail in the first place. True. In our last minute together. How can people find out more about what you're doing with a vintage lady being the host and creator, Virginia? I am on Facebook. So if you look for a vintage lady on Facebook, I'm also on Instagram. So you can find me on there. Just type in a vintage lady and you can find me on there. And I do have a blog post on WordPress and you can also just look for a vintage lady podcast on wordpress.com. That sounds great. Virginia, thank you so much for giving us your time today. And we look forward to connecting again in the future. All the best to you and your husband in your home church. And thank you for being on Refuge Freedom Stories. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to chat with you.
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.